Welcome, friends, to Agency Wellness, the podcast. My name is Cody Marr. After decades living with the diagnosis of chronic illness, I began to ask myself if this diagnosis, this label, was really helpful. I started to challenge my own learned concepts as well as cultural concepts of what it means to be well. I spent years studying all sorts of techniques and experimenting with different modalities. I took course after course and certification after certification. All of this amazing knowledge has enriched my life and informed how I care for myself and who I am as a practitioner. However, my greatest teacher and my most credible source has been and continues to be my own amazing body. Agency Wellness was born out of the feeling that just like actors need agents to support and guide their careers, sometimes in the wild, wild world of wellness, you need a health agent, someone you can trust to help you navigate the various twists and forks and bumps you inevitably encounter as a human living in today's world who wants to feel well, be well, who wants to be, let's just say it, happy and healthy. This podcast will help you expand your knowledge, vision, and practice of wellness. I'll be bringing you heartfelt conversations with a variety of experts in fields such as naturopathic medicine, feng shui, life coaching, womb healing, psychic guidance, creativity, Pilates, and so much more. It's my hope and intention that from these conversations, you can begin to tap into your own unique and ever-evolving wellness recipe. I'll be right here with you the whole way. So let's dive in. This week on Agency Wellness, I'm honored and excited to welcome Sarah Amara, the womb oracle. Sarah is a seer and guide. She supports women to remember their creative power, fertility, and sovereignty in all areas of their life and their innate capacity for union. We go deep in this episode into topics such as what is a womb oracle? Sarah's challenging journey of reclaiming her own womb space and how that influences her work today. The collective wound of the masculine and feminine. Do people who are born male have wombs? the connection between suffering and a lack of connection to your womb space, sex and sexuality, living an externally focused life, the current emotional epidemic, the connection between orgasms and our emotional energy, and so much more. I learned and felt so much from this conversation, and I know you will too. So please help me in welcoming Sarah to the podcast. Welcome, Sarah. I'm so happy to have you here. Uh, thank you, Cody. It's an honor and I'm grateful to be here. Thank you. Nice. Thanks. So let's start really simply because those words are so, so beautiful. Uh, what, you know, what, what you're embodying today. And I think let some people might not know what that means. So let's help people understand what a womb oracle is and what a woman's mentor for sovereign feminine women is. Yes, thanks for asking. Um, yeah, it's something that has really evolved over time for me to be able to, to claim the words womb oracle and embody <laughs> that. Um, for me, what that means is I feel like I'm here to be a channel for different states of consciousness within the womb. And I really believe I've been shown in my journey that our wombs as women are 
the same as the womb, the cosmic womb that we're living in. And so I'm here to really, from that space, from a really deep space, channel consciousness so that women can heal their womb space and really heal the planet, heal the world that we're living in and really reclaim our power to do that. Um, So the word oracle also, I feel like has many translations and for me has just come from that space of being a really clear channel and through lifetimes of discovering uh, that soul archetype. Mm, Beautiful. Thank you. And -hmm. tell me a little bit about the mentorship that you're also involved with right now. We'll go back to the womb stuff. We're going to just get a little clear (laughs) picture and then we're going to go back. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. So um, with that being said, I support women in doing that. And there's really three levels that I've discovered in my own process of womb healing. And that's The first stage is really an ancestral healing and being in touch with our matrilineage and our patrilineage and any patterns of conditioning that we've picked up from our ancestry. And that can be, you know, such a widespread concept, particularly in a spiritual community. And what I've learned in my journey is those are frequencies that are actually living in our womb space as women, right? We're incubating those frequencies until we, we meet them and we, we clear them or integrate them, whatever that process looks like individually. So I see that as really the first stage that I support women in. And then the second stage is once that process is opened, right? That's an ongoing process. That's not like, okay, I'm done. Right. (laughs) Really, if we have children and we're, you know, we're always going to be working those lineage pieces, but, but opening that in a conscious way, beginning that journey and learning the tools for that. And then the second stage is really supporting women to consciously recode their womb space into a sovereign womb space. What that means to me is that we are sanctifying our, our womb space as a creator of our reality, as a creator in our relationships, as a creator for whatever we see as our assignment here, and that we're consecrating our womb to be a living, breathing space of creation that we are in harmony with on the deepest level of our being. So that's really the second stage. And then the third stage is once those processes are are really integrating, the next step is really to look at our relationship with the masculine and how that has shown up, you know, again, from that ancestral place, also in our relationship with our partners, and then with our own animus, with our own inner masculine, and really doing the healing work on our inner marriage and really integrating and unifying those aspects in my journey. I've learned that those aspects are alive in nature everywhere we look, right? There's a feminine pole and a masculine pole and a Trinity, another energy that's created from that union. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that we're being asked in this time and called in this time to really unify those aspects within creation and within ourselves and You know, I also I'm aware it's coming through as I'm saying this, that sometimes there can be um, projections on feminine masculine energy. And and that's that's a topic that's really alive in the culture right now and something that I believe requires a lot of discernment. And 
for me, that feels like an aspect of this healing journey that we're all going through collectively as we evolve and we learn what does it mean to be sovereign? What does it mean to be a feminine woman? What does it mean to have my masculine integrated within and without to reflect that level of sovereign union that I'm called to create? So that's really the the entry process that I mentor women in. And then, of course, it goes deeper than that. Um, so yeah, that feels good to share to start. Yeah, thank you so much. It's so beautiful. And I think, you know, it's making me realize that, you know, this is such a, like you're saying, this is such a topic that's in our culture in so many ways. And there are, are so many different angles. And I really appreciate your angle on it. And I want to help everyone. I know you and I know the space that you hold, but it's such deep work. And I have experienced and witnessed you being able to hold someone in the most chaotic space. So I want to under help everyone else understand that might not know you. Um, how you got to this place, how you became able to do this type of work with such confidence and ease and trust. What's your story with coming to be able to hold the space that you do hold now? Yes, thank you. Um, So it's definitely been a process. I would say it's been a process over the past decade, actually. And, um, you know, I believe that womb work starts in conception and in the womb of our mother. So if I'm honest, it began there. And um, then it was reawakened in me in my own process of giving birth to my daughter, Anahata. And um, it was a huge initiation for me. Um, I had planned a really yummy water birth, a natural birth at home. And um, I ended up in a totally different situation um, and actually had a near death experience in my birth giving process. So it really humbled me and it really brought me to my knees um, and opened a depth of the womb that is, is unique to the work that I offer. It was a very shamanic, deep experience. And I felt like I was really initiated into this, this deep state um, within the womb. That's really a gateway between life and death. Mm. And so that process was in that moment, you know, very chaotic for me. It was probably the opposite of what I had planned for expected. And my birth process evolved very similarly, similarly at the beginning towards my own birth, Mm. like very similar as my own birth with my own mother. And so as that process happened and I was in the healing stages of my own experience, I had so many questions and, and inquiries for my own healing where I was looking at, okay, how did this happen? And, you know, how is this connected to my own birth experience and what is mine to heal in my lineage around this? And, and so I really stepped into my own healing and my own womb work at the beginning. And that looked like um, working with several mentors and really like discovering, okay, what is womb work? What is it? What does it mean? How do I heal this experience? How do I take my power back? Um, and yeah, so that, that meant working with it on an archetypal, a very archetypal level to start and then going really deep into working with the feminine and masculine in my own body, working with that deeper in the womb, taking it deeper into the womb and you know, shamanically healing my own experience. And really that 
evoked uh, a peace and a presence of being able to journey into some of those more taboo aspects of life, some of those more chaotic or emotional states of the feminine and really being able to be there with eyes open, being able to be there with presence. And it also, I've learned in my journey that, you know, our bodies as women and men really know how to heal. And we've received so much conditioning and programming on our journeys that tell us otherwise, that cause us to seek externally for the answers to our own unique process. So that for me was really the seed of learning my own uniqueness, learning my own assignment and, and really being able to go into my own deepest depths so that I could meet other women in that space. Mm. Amazing. So beautiful. And I, I'm feeling that there's some people listening that are, feel so disconnected from even the word womb, like that the word womb might feel really triggering and you know, maybe there's some people that just, just are feeling that. And I'm so I'm curious why you think that is and how a woman or man for that matter, listening might be able to start to explore their feelings around this word and what that really means. Like, what does the womb hold? Is it, is it only about children? I know it's not because we've already talked a little bit about that already, but what are some of the things that you see when you, when you're working with people around that word? Yes. Well, that brings up for me immediately, like a place of discernment. Mm. So I think one way that we can do the womb is anatomically, right? Right. Like we have a biological uterus that's physical, that lives in our bodies as women. And we, we feel that's unique to us as women, right? Like most men aren't inhabiting that. Right. However, there's a second way to use the word, which is an energetic space that we have as an energetic being, right? So men also have this space in their body. It's called a hara for men. Mm-hmm. And it's really the creation center. Right. Um, and, you know, for women, we have it physically. So we have so many other physical components, right? Hormones, pheromones, sensitivities that are unique to our physical embodiment as well as our energetic embodiment. So it feels important to, to bring that distinction. So as far as having children, you know, that's a feminine path that's in the biological uterus. There's also, we're energetically creating all the time. And I believe that happens in a process of both feminine and masculine energies. So again, when I'm saying feminine and masculine, there's, you know, form and the physical feminine and the physical masculine, and then there's energetic components, right? And so we are all holding feminine and masculine energies within us, which are our poles of creation, a magnetic energy and a more active electric energy. Thank you. Yeah. And that's a really great thing to just to define for people, you know, throughout this conversation, we are talking about feminine and masculine, like you're saying in the form, but also in the energetics and, you know, what you just said, feminine being a magnetizing energy and masculine being more of a, what was the word you used? Electric. Electric energy. And to really start to, you know, explore that within yourself is such a powerful thing. So what are some of the ways, like, again, if someone's mind is buzzing right now, I'm like, oh my God, I have to do this work. And we'll get to how they can contact you later. But what are some of the ways that you see 
not being in alignment with the womb occur in people's lives beyond just like, you know, what you might think of as like fertility challenges or feeling stuck or whatever it is. Like, what are some of the manifestations of not doing this type of work? Yes. Great question. Um, suffering, I would say to start any form of suffering or dis-ease that's happening. And that can be within the physical body, or that can be experiences in life that are creating suffering or pain or yeah, any, any manifestation of that. And that's not to say that a perfect life is free of any pain or free of any suffering. However, I have learned in my experience that we can really choose to create realities that are pure, that are pleasurable, that are full of bliss and joy. And so, you know, that, that core experience for me, that core initiation was like, wait a minute, this is not the experience I wanted to have. This is, this doesn't feel like a sovereign experience. It felt like I was really pulled into my mother's birth experience, or I was pulled into the culture's birth experience. And, you know, so that opened my eyes to wait, what am I here to create? And so anytime we're experiencing disharmony in our lives, whatever that feels like for us uniquely, that's an opportunity for us to really reclaim our power and to really witness what we're creating in our life. You know, life is constantly giving us almost a feedback loop of our current state. And for me, you know, there's so many ways that people work with that. People do mindset work. People do all, all kinds of somatic work. And all of that is helpful and beautiful. And for me, the path is, okay, what are the frequencies that I'm holding in my womb? Mm. And if I don't like what I'm experiencing, whether that's a dynamic in my relationship, whether that's infertility, whether that's um, my job, my work, my career, like all facets of life. If I feel like I'm out of harmony, that's mine to look at and that's mine to, to shift. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm going to point to our culture is so inundated with looking externally to make the shifts in our life. And I, I believe that that can be helpful. And I also believe the first place to go is, is within, within our own selves, our own bodies, our own experience, and really look at, really do the hard work of looking at what we're magnetizing, what we're attracting, or how we are acting and how we are, you know, penetrating, how we are putting our energy into our life. And I realize that sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. Like that's the hardest thing to do. If we have any unconscious aspects of our childhood, any trauma, like, and here we get into the womb, right? Like I would say the most trauma that the world, humanity, the planet has experienced is all residing there. So it really is the deepest work and it can be so terrifying, so terrifying to like go there on your own. So I definitely see it's purposeful to have support in that. And that support looks like I'm, I'm going to be willing to meet myself in the deepest places. And I'm going to ask for support with that, as opposed to what can I do to fix this? How can I, how can I fix this? And our culture is so prone to addiction and, you know, consumption as a means of avoiding those deeper, deeper feelings, those deeper spaces of, of consciousness and emotion and depth. Um, 
So I, I forget the original question at this point. Matter. It never matters. It never matters. It's always, that's, I mean, we're getting into something that you and I really share, which is a belief that no matter what the issue you're dealing with, the true uh, freedom is in restoration of self, right? Is in yeah. restoration of true self and, and sovereign self. And, you know, I deal with it in the realm right now of gut health and, you know, helping people figure out what to eat. And it's the same thing. It's like, there's, it's the same thing. There's so much input coming from the outside. There's so much input, you know, about what to eat and what not to eat and whatever, whatever. And people get so confused and they lose that connection. And it's the same. I mean, I'm, as you're talking about it, I'm feeling myself every time you say the word womb. Mm. And I almost get like, oh, you know, like there's yeah. so much external, external things around that word and what that means. I think that it can be, it's just something that has not been taught to us as women or men, any para, womb, whatever it, we're talking about. We're not familiar with that area. And I'm curious, we're going to go there a little bit. So everybody buckle up. We're going to go into sexuality a little bit because there, we, that has to be a big part of this, right? I mean, it's in yes. that, that area and we're talking masculine, feminine, and we're talking merging and all these things. So yes. that is an area that I see a lot of attempted healing happening. Sometimes it feels great. And other times it feels a little icky. And, you know, I'm curious, like, what's your, what's your vibe and experience of, you know, sexuality and how it relates to your work and in your own life also? Yeah, great question. And we've been speaking for however long, and that hasn't even come into the conversation. So that's interesting, because a lot of people probably do hear the word will and associate that with sexuality. And so, you know, again, we reach a distinction where yes, like sexuality is such a major aspect of creation. Mm -hmm. And it's not all that there is. Right. So, um, and I think that's, again, been an important part of my journey is refining that. And there are a lot of wonderful, beautiful healers and teachers in the womb work field who are teaching around sexuality and sacred sexuality and sacred sexual union. And I've studied that and, and how, how can you exist in, in the womb and not, you know, right. So that's a major aspect of it. And it's not the only aspect of creation that womb work is about, I think, oops, sorry, I was going to real quick, real quick. I'm sorry to interrupt you because this just popped in, but I'd love for us to help everybody make the distinction. I'm feeling it as you're talking between sex and sexuality, because I really want to, I think you can sort of help uh, us understand that. And I think maybe your work is more about sexuality than sex, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I feel like sexuality is such a broad term and it feels like to me, if I were to define that, it feels like living our uniqueness, like living our spark, living what lights us up, what, what brings us alive, what, what feels like the way that we want to, um, breathe and live in the world, you know, and we can have sensuality in this world where we're like, tapped into our senses we can be alive and orgasmic without sex even being in the equation without needing to physically have sex and I feel like that's also something that's being deeply deeply refined in our culture right now so sexuality is a living breathing life force energy and sex would be 
putting that living, breathing life force energy in action with another being. And even the word sex for me, I feel like has so many connotations in our culture. It's there's almost like a cheapening of, of that process that really is at its base and highest level to beings choosing to create life together, whether that life eventually is procreating into a child, right? Like sex is this very physical expression of procreation that our species has done for, for lifetimes to, to extend its life. Right. And then there's sexuality, which is like that life force that's existing. And so for me, I love, um, sacred union or lovemaking or anything that really calls forward a more honored expression of what's really happening beyond the biological level on an energetic level between two people who are engaging in lovemaking or on that level with yourself or, you know, in whatever way that that energy, that, that sexual life force energy is moving. This is so, I love this so much. And thank you so much for treading in these waters with me, because I think myself included, you know, waking up to my own sexuality, including sex. I think there's so many people, I'm feeling that there's so many people listening right now that are also feeling a similar shutdown around this word sexuality and that feel so detached from it and just feel like, I don't have time for sexuality. I got this to do or that to do. Like, it's just this, it, it, it almost feels uh, frivolous in a way. And I, I know that that's not the case. I know it's a necessary energy that can propel us forward in our lives. But I feel like there's some people listening right now that are thinking like, oh, I don't have time to deal with my sexuality. Like that's, I don't need to do that. That's not for me, you know? So I think even just going a little deeper into like, what happens to people when they're not alive in their sexuality? What are they seeing? And what happens when they do come alive? And what was your experience of working with your own sexuality and how did that change your life? Let's, I want to give people like this tangible thing for them to bite into. Yeah. Thank you. Well, what that brings up is, is a core wound that we're experiencing and that's the split between sex and spirit or sexuality and whatever you identify with as a higher power or, you know, a connection to our spiritual nature. And so someone who says, oh, that that's not something that I have time for. Like if I were to hear that, what that communicates to me is I'm living my life externally focused and I'm disconnected from my own power and my own deeper, deeper, power as a creator, right? Like we've been referring to. And again, that can be some of the hardest content for us to look at inside of ourselves and our lives. And, you know, the most trauma is there. The most trauma as a, as a culture is there between abuse and childhood trauma and so many things. So if we're living in a survival mode, if we're living in a survival focus, which is usually because we've experienced some form of trauma, which, you know, increases that split between our own spirituality and our own life force energy, then we can be prone to focusing externally. Well, I have to do this. I have to do this. And the reality is that, especially for feminine bodied beings, like our greatest success comes from being connected with our own source 
with our own resourcefulness, with our own magnetism. And so it could take years to create something in the physical that could take five minutes to create from magnetism Mm. and from a space of inner union. So, yeah, that's, that would be what I see for someone who's, who's saying that. And that's okay. There's a lot of us like that. There's a lot of us living there and in that space. And so for me, it took an initiation, I would call it, or almost a shock. It was a shocking experience for me to really look at that inside of myself. And I also, you know, I did have my daughter to be a teacher for me, you know, to be a lineage healer for me to constantly be showing me those places within myself that needed further refinement that needed further healing. And I'm so grateful for her in that. Um, So for me, that was an experience having that experience in my birth experience. I was like, wow, where was I when I was conceiving? You know, where, where was my energy in that moment? Was I fully present? Because every moment in a sexual exchange in a, in a co-creation is amplifying the frequencies and the energies that we're in, in that moment. And so, you know, I could really map the whole process of what happened and where it started and was I present? And I think that's another thing is as we're being sexual beings, are we present? Are we alive? Like, and it, it, it brings up the topic of consent beyond just the way that we would see that, you know, in some of the darker aspects of that, but like, am I fully here? Am I fully a yes to everything that's happening in this experience? And you know, oftentimes I think if we're bringing in unprocessed trauma or karma or ancestral pieces, the answer is no. And so I would say that's like the first place to start is really looking at what feels like fully alive and like a yes to you. And if you're engaging with someone that you love, there's so many things that can happen. You know, there's, there's, um, energies that can be amplified and come up as conflict in the relationship. And then we may lack the tools or the skills to be able to do that work with our partners. So we just shut down or we suppress it. And then we see that instantly coming up in our sexual dynamic where that suppression is present. And it takes so much work to, to really meet those parts of ourselves, to be vulnerable with our partner, to share that. And so one of the, the core aspects of my teachings and my healing with women is allowing them, supporting them to see their own sexuality, to see their own life force energy, to really, and, and, you know, the emotional process is so connected with that. And that's where you and I really went was this alive emotional process that was happening and, and being supported through that. And so, you know, our orgasmic energy as, as all beings, men and women is deeply connected to our emotional energy. And so we have, I would say, an emotional epidemic happening where, you know, especially men, I would say, are taught to suppress their emotions very early on, that it's not safe to feel how you're feeling. It's inappropriate. You know, put that away. 
And when we put that away, we're suppressing our life force energy. It's like almost like these emotions that are just messengers for our aliveness that want to come in and show us how to fully express ourselves are pushed down. And with that, our full expression is pushed down, our full uniqueness, our power, right? So so many people are are suppressing their emotions they're meeting in partnership in a suppressed place Mm. and they feel it but they're lacking the tools or the support or the skills to move through that together because you know there's a deep fear of loss there's usually a deep fear of losing that person or losing the partnership which is rooted in in childhood experiences And so it really does take tools and skills and refinement and also deep self-love, a very deep love of self to meet yourself in those deeper places and, and meet the door that's there, which is I'm willing to lose X, Y, or Z. I'm willing to lose the comfort of my partnership. I'm willing to lose the comfort of the financial life that I built, that's actually out of integrity for me. I'm willing to lose whatever it is that's keeping me from deeply honoring and living in my full expression and power. And when we meet that, when we meet that gate within ourselves, then we are open to the full expression of our power. And also there requires a deep trust with life with that, right? Like, okay, if I do that life, are you going to have me? You know, um, are you going to have my back? And that, and that's really the process. It's, it's refining, needing to make it happen in the external and coming back to a place of deep self-love and a trust with life that if we choose what is in alignment with that self-love, that life will meet us there and that life will support us. And then that's the tone that is set in our partnership. That's the tone that is set in all of our experiences. And that's what we start to magnetize and experience with life. And that's what we start to magnetize and experience in our sexual relationships. So then our sexuality and sex becomes a vehicle for our purest expression living here. And I feel it's such an important aspect of how we're going to change the world. It's not the only aspect and it's not the only aspect of how we heal in partnership. However, it is a core aspect of what it means to come together in partnership. And, you know, so many women come into partnership or sexuality from a space of unhealed trauma, from a space of feeling like they need a man to do X, Y, or Z and we do, we do need men. We, we definitely need men. I'm not, I'm not saying otherwise, but when we're approaching it from a space of our, our own unhealed wounding and trauma, we actually are, are engaging in a manipulative way, whether that's conscious or unconscious. So it takes facing both of those truths. Like one for me to have the experience that I deeply desire in life in partnership, in, in my sexuality, in my love making, I need to have that self-love and I need to be willing to face those unhealed aspects of myself. And then I need to bring them forward with my partner vulnerably. And I need 
X, Y, or Z in relationship with him. And men are so willing to do that work actually at their core. Like they are so willing and ready to provide for the women in their lives. Like they deeply, deeply want to do that. And because of their own path of emotional suppression, it's important that we really bring an integral experience of what it means to be feminine, what it means to be emotional, what it means to move through those waves, those emotional waves and integrity and really bring that. And so that's where that piece of integrating our own masculine or our own holding comes in, right? If we bring a fully chaotic emotional experience to the masculine, usually he's going to shut down because that's too much for his nervous system, right? So it takes, it's that dance of inner marriage as well as the partnership that's in our life. And that's actually what sexuality truly is at its core, is that communication of, okay, where's the feminine energy? Where's the masculine energy? What's being amplified in the dynamic? What are we creating together? And how do we shift and heal what we want to together as, as partners. I just want to take a minute and honor that transmission that just came through. Everybody just sit with that because that was so beautiful and there's so much wisdom there. So I'm just going to be quiet for a minute. Mm. So everyone just take a breath with that. Mm. Okay. Thank you so much, Sarah. There's so much in there and there's three distinct directions that I want to go. So the first direction, I mean, you, you brought forward so much, you know, we could literally just drop the mic and I could tell everybody to go listen to that like five times and they'll be healed. Um, but so many things are sparks for me. And one of them is really going to the experience that I had with you, which really was a like a, it's something I'll remember for the rest of my life. And the reason I, I didn't have the words as to why that was until you just spoke. And the reason is that I grew up with the story, like many people that I was too much. My emotions were too much. I was too big. I was too naked. I was too this. I was always, it was just like a, you know, quiet, quiet, you be quiet, down, down, down. And that continued through my entire adulthood. You know, I was too much for boyfriends. I was, you know, so I became an actor where I could be too much <laughs> a circus performer. Cause that was a, that was a safe space to be way too much, you know? Um, and I've always had these rushes of emotion come over me. And I, up until that point, there, I'd always had to deal with it on my own. And so let me just tell people what happened real quick. So Sarah and I were at a retreat together. And I don't remember exactly what was going on, but basically I found myself in the middle of like a panic attack, like experience, or I was very upset, yelling, crying, screaming. And Sarah just sat with me and didn't do anything, you know, um, and just didn't say much, brought me water, brought me something cold at some point, um, but did not leave my side and was there with me for hours. And was protective and you just guarded the space like a lioness and encouraged me not to stop, not to calm down, but to just keep going and keep letting it move. Um, it's so important. It's such important work. And since then, when I've had those experiences, I've been able to do that for myself in a way where I haven't, 
had the narrative of like calm down calm down calm down you know more just like I hope that you know yeah it's uncomfortable but um but yeah I know and that and when you were talking about that about how the masculine's been shut down in that way and people have been shut down in that way and it's connected to our sexuality it all just makes so much sense so you know you have an amazing capacity to just hold a lot of energy and so I can only imagine that do it, one of the things that comes from doing this work is a deep resilience and a deep ability to just hold a lot of energy, which can transmit into all different wonderful areas of life. So there's not really a question there, but if there's anything you want to say on that, I'm just going to give you the space. Sure. Thank you. That was such a beautiful experience that we shared together. I really honor that moment for you. And you know, I mentioned it earlier and I'll say it again, our bodies really are intuitive and intelligent and they know how to heal. Mm -hmm. And so often someone has come in to suppress that process. And, you know, again, that's a core wound that we have, you know, and yeah, I, a big part of womb work, when I refer to womb work is also healing any identities that we have taken on in our life. So I'm this, an identity is any time that we refer to ourselves as I am this, and likewise, I am not that. Right. right? And so we can develop those identities and, and from those thoughts and from those identities, that usually is, is corresponding to an emotional experience, right? And so when we can actually allow ourselves to have an emotional experience without identifying with it, without bringing the mind there, without making an identity out of that, then we can heal. <laughs> and that's the foundation of healing. Right. So, so often, like you brought forward, when we have an emotional experience in childhood, there's an identity that gets attached to that. I'm too much. Mm. I'm not enough. Mm. I'm whatever. Right. And so the healing comes, usually healing comes in our lives from acceptance, actually. Yes. Yes. From a deep acceptance of what is and what's alive without trying to change that or fix that or make it different in any way. And that's what having an open womb space and an activated womb space is like. It means that we can, and this is the true sovereign feminine. This is the gift of a feminine being mm. is that we can receive and move energy without identifying with it. Because the moment that we identify with it, we create a kink. Mm. We create a sh like a blockage to that energy being able to move and flow freely. And as a feminine woman, if we can receive an energy, we can alchemize it. Mm. We can shift it. We can direct it. That is our power. Yeah. And so the moment that we receive it and we just let it move or that from our own wisdom, we choose how that needs to be expressed. We take our power back. Mm -hmm. And, and when we identify with it again, we're stopping that flow of creation that just wants to happen naturally through us. Mm -hmm. 
you're watching YouTube, I'm just putting my hands in the air because that's so good. That's so important. Everyone say that again. Like we are not our emotions. We are not the things that move through us. We are divine sovereign beings and we are not everything that is moving through us. And just hearing it in that way is so beautiful. Sorry, you were going to say something. Yes. And in addition to that, if we stop that flow, we're at square one again. Right. We're at square one again, where we go, oops, it's not safe to feel that. Let me tuck that down really deeply. And our feelings, our frequency determines what we're magnetizing in our life. So the moment we suppress that, or even we fix it, oh, here's the breath work to, to fix that in the moment, or, oh, here's the yoga that you need to do, or like, you need to just fix it. That's actually what that is, is an uncomfortability with whatever's happening. And so the moment that we can accept it and the moment we allow it, the frequency shifts and then what we're magnetizing and what we're creating shifts. And until we are able to do that, we're going to continue to meet the same patterns in ourselves and in our life and in our partnerships again and again. And in the same realm, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're, in the type of person that's seeing healers or looking for healers or anything like that, this is a really great thing to be aware of. The person you're working with, can they hold you in all of you? Can they try not to change you? Do they know when it's appropriate to offer a suggestion and when it's just appropriate to be with you in whatever you're going through? I feel like that's something that needs to come in more and more for a lot of people um, around, you know, with social media, there's so many, like you could watch, eight videos on how to do this, this, and this within the healing world. And so it's just, it's a really um, powerful thing to, to remember that that's important. So thanks for bringing that in. All right. I know we're getting close to needing to say goodbye to you, but there's a, just a couple more places I want to go, if that's okay with you. Of course. I have to ask about parenthood because I can imagine... <laughs> With like, I, I love this. It's like, there's so many of these like giant things that were kind of like, oh, what about this? You know, um, casually. yeah, casually I'm a mom and, you know, she's a teacher. Um, but I can only imagine how this impacts your relationship with your daughter and how this informs you as a parent um, to someone that is learning about having emotions flowing through them. Mm -hmm. and these things so I'm just curious you know for all the parents listening or prospective parents or want hopeful parents um, how this has informed your you know and you know I you can share your situation with people the type of parent you are yeah so it starts like we're saying with Mm self-love and Mm self-responsibility So if I've cultivated a level of self-love, then with that comes the acceptance, right? And so if I can parent myself and I can meet myself and the experience that I'm having, then I can bring that into the relationship with my daughter. And I think there's a belief in our culture where there's like a, a hierarchical type of energy, which is inherent, right? It's inherent in the parent-child relationship. However, there's a, there's a frequency and a pattern of control Mm. that our culture, I would say is addicted to at large. And that comes through largely in the parent-child dynamic. 
And that control, again, comes in when there's a lack of acceptance. And often when there's an impulse to control the situation, it's because we ourselves have a trauma or an emotion that's coming up that we were like taught or learned was not safe to feel or experience. So as a mom, if, if, you know, your child is having a big emotional experience and you're wanting to control that, generally that's because it's creating an emotional experience in you. And that is the, that's the true art of being mother is a willingness to be in that unconditional love embodied, which oftentimes does mean having an uncomfortable experience or being able to allow those emotions to move through you and feel whatever that's bringing up in you, those identities that were created in childhood or or whatever it is. Oh my God, we're in the middle of the grocery store. This is inappropriate, like whatever's coming up. And, um, I really believe in honoring our children as sovereign beings as well. And as our teachers, not putting them in a, in a, in a place that's not being a child, you know, not, not taking away their innocence, but like really honoring them as a sovereign being and as someone we are relating to. It's not just like, okay, you're my child. So I'm the authority on you. You know, it's, you are my child. You came through me and I'm here to support you. And honestly, you're supporting me and I honor that in you. And so it's, it's healing our lineage, I believe is the deepest work that we can do. And it it ripples out into all areas of our life. Um, and yeah, I believe what you were referring to is that I'm a a solo parent. And so, you know, that is an identity that I've worked with and really taken off. I would say I, I really feel like, uh, it's a challenging, um, choice (laughs) that I made and it's, it's such a powerful choice because for me, it's, it's just what's alive. I believe I chose that to contribute to the ways that I'm here to serve um, as a mentor so that I really have had a process of refining my own feminine and masculine energies over time with a direct living, breathing mirror that's consistently (laughs) giving me feedback you know, and often, sometimes I wouldn't say often at the beginning, the, the first like seven years are so deeply karmic and alchemical um, in my experience uh, that there were there were often things that were coming up that needed to be processed that were uncomfortable. And, you know, because of the womb work that I've done, it developed a way of languaging my experience and um, being vulnerable and being willing to share my experience with my child. So there were times, you know, when my daughter was younger and she would look at people and she'd say, I'm processing right now. Like, I just, I need some space right now. I'm processing right now, you know? And it was just hilarious. People would be like, oh my God, the things that your daughter says, like the level that she is on. And that was because, you know, again, I feel like we want to keep our children innocent and that's 
so necessary. And like, I'm, I am always working with how do I hold her in her innocence and how do I language what my experience is, you know, and there have been times where I'm not able to hold her in the way that she deserves to be held. And if, and when that happens, I tell her that. And I think that's been one of the most important keys of conscious parenting is, is having the awareness that, Hey, I really failed you in that moment. Like I really missed the mark there. And I see that. And I want you to know, like, I, I acknowledge that and I love you and I'm here for you. And I'm going to keep doing my best because I love you. And I think that's the biggest thing. I think that's the, the, the humans are inherently quote unquote flawed, right? Like we're inherently working with those pieces and aspects of our lineage. Mm -hmm. And so when we can bring that out in an honest and loving way to a child, I think the scariest thing in our childhood experience is having an experience that goes unnoticed, that goes unacknowledged. And so that's what you're saying. Even when we seek a mentor, like, how are they holding us? Do they really see us? Are are they acknowledging our experience? And so the same is true. You know, there are going to be times that in conscious parenting, there are things that come up where you miss the mark. And I really believe like the, the biggest piece of attachment and having a healthy attachment with our children is the willingness to see and acknowledge that in an appropriate way, in a way where they're still safe, where their experience is safe. And we also acknowledge, Hey, you know, when I interrupted you, like that probably didn't feel very good to you, did it? And we're, we're creating their self-esteem in that moment. We're creating the lens that they are experiencing life through in that moment. And so for, for me, being a conscious parent means being able to tap into the deeper layers, one of why our children are having the experience. If they're displaying uh, something that we don't like, there's generally a need there. There's generally something happening for them that's too much for them to be able to express, right? So our, our dharma, our duty as a conscious parent is to one, have x-ray vision in a way and to be able to to see what's what's happening on a deeper level and then to be able to acknowledge that for them and hold ourselves simultaneously in that experience. Hmm. It just occurred to me as you were talking, there's something that also comes through you that I didn't have the words for until right now, which is that you don't have much judgment of yourself or sorry, not that, but maybe that too, Mm -hmm. but there's no um, energy of victimhood. Like there's a lot of aspects of your life that even looking back on them, you could talk with a certain lens. And so I think, you know, for people listening, that might be another thing that occurs when you do this work is the loss of that, the shedding, not the loss, but the shedding of that victim. And it really came through when you were talking about your solo parenting experience. I think that's just so healing for women to hear that this, you know, this is a choice and that, or this is part of your life that you don't see that way. Um, Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's just so helpful for so many people to hear. You're welcome. Yeah. Truthfully, life is being created through me. It's not something that's happening to me. Mm. And if I believe that, then I I've lost my power the moment that I believe that. And so, yeah, I, I truly believe that whether that's before we came here, you know, the choices that we are making 
are revealing the healing of our lineage. Mm. And then we have a choice as to how we approach that healing. Do we say, nope, not for me. That's, that's for my daughter or that's for someone else. Or do we really say, yeah, if I see this, if I'm experiencing this, it's for me. And I'm going to be the one to integrate it. And I'm going to be the one to heal it. And then we change it in our lineage and also collectively. Mm. And I think there's so many people, for whatever reason, you and I are not the same age, but we're in a similar sphere. We are the pattern breakers. We are the ones that are like, nope, okay, got it. Thank you. <laughs> we'll take all that on. So I think it's really important to remember, you know, if you're somebody that is on a healing path and is doing this deep work and maybe feeling the weight of that, that you're doing it not just for yourself, but for your past and for your future. You're healing your ancestors and your children, whether you choose to have physical children, uh, not physical, biological children or not, <laughs> or spiritual children, that too. Um, so it's just such a beautiful thing to bring in for people to remember that it's bigger than just them and their body. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Sarah, I'm going to ask you, first of all, just uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been incredible. I know people are going to be, have so much healing from just listening to this and the last question I want to ask you is the question I ask everybody, which is very simple. What does wellness mean to you? Mm, I feel like that's what this entire conversation has been. So well done on question asking and, and the lens of your podcast. And for me, wellness means uh, there being integrity with the body and the spirit in all aspects of self. That would be wellness is, is there's an integrity with the womb. There's an integrity with the body. There's an integrity with the voice. There's an integrity with the soul. There's an integrity with life. There's an integrity with relationship. And that's what wellness means to me, because I believe that when we are in integrity, with all of those expressions, then we are at our most vital, then we have true vitality in our life. Amazing. Oh, all right. Thank you for that. And tell us now, this will all be, there'll be links, everybody. So if you're driving and listening, don't pull over to write this down, but it will be right <laughs> underneath here. But for people that are the type of people that like to hear this information, tell people how they can get in touch with you. If there's anything you have coming up that you want to share this is that space to do all that stuff. Beautiful. Well, I am on Facebook at Sarah Amara and you can find me on Instagram at the womb Oracle. And I have several offerings. I'm currently offering uh, some group programs and some one-on-one -on -one mentorship containers, as well as membership options and masterclasses. So if you feel the resonance, I would love to invite you into this work and take it deeper with you. And thank you so much, Cody, for having me. Thank you again for that like precious moment that we shared together. And I'm so grateful for our journey and how we weave and evolve. So thanks so much for having me on. My pleasure. All right. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful, wonderful day and we will see you soon. Bye. A big thank you again to Sarah Amara, the womb oracle. Sarah has some incredible offers right now from free gifts to courses to one-on-one -on -one mentorship. Follow and connect with Sarah on Instagram at the womb oracle or shoot her an email, thewomboracle at gmail.com. 
for ease, you can find all of those links in the show notes. And a big thank you to you, my friends, for embarking on this path with me of exploring what it means to be well in this wacky world of ours. If you like this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you could take the time to subscribe, rate, review, and share it with some friends. To show my thanks, each month I'll be picking one reviewer at random to gift a complimentary VIP consultation and emotion code healing. I also have a few spots left in my highly discounted summer gut health program, so shoot me an email or DM on the socials if you feel like one of those spots might be yours. I'm excited to be with you again next week, same time, same place, otherwise known as every Wednesday. See you next time. Bye.